You are listening to the teaching podcast of Praise Community Church in Mason City, Iowa. For more information about our church, please visit praisecc.org. Before I get started um, this morning, and I just really feel, um, I really felt very pulled to Psalm 22 today. I don't know why, um, I just did. Um, and what's interesting about Psalm 22 is it is... Um, it is a psalm that David wrote, and it is kind of a prophetic picture of the cross. As a matter of fact, Jesus, as he's hanging on the cross, you may remember, he quotes Psalm 22. Um, as he's hanging there, he, he cries out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And, and so he quotes this very, very psalm as he's hanging there on the cross. And so unbeknownst to David, David's kind of writing this psalm that would kind of be a prophetic foreshadow of what the cross of Jesus Christ was going to kind of be like. And, and in that, if you just go through and read Psalm 22, you kind of find a lot of what Jesus experienced experience there on the cross, you find that reflected in this psalm that was written like thousands of years before Jesus would ever go to the cross, which makes it an amazing scripture that obviously the Holy Spirit is speaking to David as David is, is writing this psalm and he's able to capture something that was going to happen uh, thousands of years later uh, to uh, this Messiah, um, Jesus Christ. Now what's interesting is I love the way Psalm 22 kind of opens up. And, and again, it's this cry that Jesus does on the cross. Uh, David says, God, my God, why would you abandon me now? Why, why have you forsaken me? Why would you remain distant, refusing to answer my tearful cries in the day and my desperate cries for your help in the night? I can't stop sobbing. Where are you, oh my God? Anybody ever felt like that? Ever been in a situation like that and you kind of find yourself there? You kind of find those words David wrote to kind of be your words. You've been in a situation and somehow you kind of maybe feel like God has abandoned you or you've been praying and praying and praying and you just feel like your prayers are bouncing off heaven. God is not answering. Where are you, God? Why are you not doing something? Why are you not breaking in to this situation? And I think if we're all honest, we've been there a time or two. And I'm guessing as we continue on in life, we'll find ourselves in those places, making those confessions, those cries of the heart unto God again. And, and we see this in the life of David and David was a pursuer of the heart of God. And so, uh, again, oftentimes, we kind of sometimes find ourselves in those situations and kind of what we begin to do is we kind of begin to doubt. Maybe I've done something to deserve this. Maybe there's something about me that, that has displeased God, and for that reason, God has distanced himself from me. And, and again, if we're honest, we've all been there. We kind of find that maybe there are things that we're, we've done or are doing, things we've said or are saying, and, and, and somehow God is distancing himself from us. God is punishing me. I'm just getting what I deserve. And, and, and so that's kind of how David opens this. Now, what I, I want you to see in here is, again, David is being very, very realistic. He's being honest. 
And he's just saying, this is where I'm at. This is what I'm, I'm feeling. This is where my life is right now. He's not in denial of that. And oftentimes, as Christians, one of the things that we're kind of taught is to be in denial of, of reality, to kind of deny or to downplay those kinds of feelings. And, and we're kind of taught, you know, to uh, just ignore that, um, pretend it isn't happening, and we kind of just put on a good face. How are you doing? Oh, I'm fine. When the reality is, is that deep down inside, we're struggling, we're hurting, we're questioning where is God in the midst of my struggle, in the midst of my difficulty. And oftentimes one of the things that we've done in the church is we've trained people to kind of just be fake and phony about that. Don't be honest about that because what are people gonna think about you? But I love what David does in the next verse. So again, he's very, very open. He's very, very honest. He's kind of, you know, his, his heart is raw and he kind of lets that rawness spill out there. And he says, yet I know. He says, here's the reality of what's happening in my heart, in my life. Things are not where I would want them to be. I'm feeling distant from God. And then he says, yet I know that you are most holy. It's indisputable. You are God enthroned, surrounded with songs. Living among the shouts of praise of your princely people. Our Father's faith was in you, though the generations they trusted and believed in you, and you came through. So there's this, there's this reality in, in David, and he says, this is what I'm going through. This is what I'm feeling. I'm feeling that God is distant. I'm feeling like God isn't hearing my prayers. And then he kind of goes into this, yet I know, in spite of all of that, I'm being real, I'm being honest about that, but at the same time, in spite of that, yet this I know. God, you are there. You are faithful. You are good. And he kind of just begins to affirm his faith in God. He begins to affirm what he knows about who God is. That's that, that's that balance. There's a realness in that. I mean, I read stuff like that, and that encourages my heart. That says to me, you know, when I find myself in those places of rawness, of pain, of difficulty, of struggling, this is telling me, man, this is what I really need to be doing. Be real, be honest about that, and yet have that affirmation of faith. This is what I know in spite of what is happening. God is faithful. He is good. He is kind. He is holy. He is faithful. I mean, you just begin to kind of make that profession of faith in who God is. And I don't know why, but that, that word is for someone this morning, because uh, it has nothing to do with what I came to talk about this morning. I just felt very, very inclined. I just felt very led this morning that, that someone here uh, needs to 
hear that. And so, again, I would just point you back to Psalms because he does that uh, throughout the Psalm. He kind of goes back into, here's the reality, here's where I'm at, my enemies surround me, my enemies uh, seek to overwhelm me. Uh, I mean, he again has this very, very open, this very, very real dialogue about what he's going through, and then he kind of shifts back over, but yet here's what I know. Here's what I know about you, God. You're faithful, you're good, you're kind. You'll never leave me, you'll never forsake me. And, and so I just wanna just kind of point your heart uh, to that, that psalm um, today as well. So let me just kind of, uh, I, we're not gonna get too far uh, into this today, but that's okay, that's, that's good, God is good. Um, I wanna just kind of, um, I wanna just ask a question. How many of you in your life, and I kinda of jumped over to page three, Carol, so if you're trying to follow me, I, I know she is. They deserve a lot of, they deserve a lot of credit, um, sound and tech people, because they don't always know what we're gonna do up here. How many of you in your life believed at one time or another God is leading you? and you kind of believe you have heard from God crystal clear, you have had direction given to you by God, you maybe have had that direction confirmed by other people, maybe you've gotten a prophetic word and you just really believe that that word is for you, that God has a plan, he has a purpose, he has a destiny for you, and you know that beyond a shadow of a doubt. And yet, in spite of all of that, as you're kind of attempting to walk that out, to live that out, to pursue God's leading and guiding of your life, you kind of find yourself sometimes at dead ends. Yeah. Or maybe you kind of find yourself maybe in, in, in a dry hole. Or maybe you kind of find yourself in a detour. I mean, you know, God is giving you a direction. He's leading you. He's guiding you. And you are absolutely sure beyond a shadow of a doubt, this is God. This is what he's told me. This is where God is leading me. And yet, you kind of find yourself at a detour, a dead end, or a dry hole. And oftentimes, again, our response can be, God, why, why are we here? I, I mean, I've been following you. I, I've, been, I've been pursuing you. You know, I kind of like what Jessup said, you know, I, I, I've, been, I've been pursuing you. I've been calling out to you with all of my heart, God. I believed you were leading me. I believed you were speaking to me. I believe, God, that I've been obedient to what you've told me to do. And yet here we are. We're at this detour. We're at this dead end. We're at this dry hole. And again, how many of you have ever had that experience? You're so sure that you're following God. You're so sure that you're hearing from God. And yet God kind of brings you to this place of detours, dead ends, and dry holes. There are times in our lives where things do not turn out the way we expected, the way we thought things were going to go. We have those suddenlies in life, and some of those are pleasant, some of those are unpleasant. Some of those suddenlies in life, they can be awesome, sometimes they can be devastating. 
And I just want to assure and encourage you this morning that in those times when you are following God and you believe you're following God's voice and you believe you're following God's guidance and you kind of find yourself at a detour or a dead end or a dry hole, I want to assure you that in those times, it is very, very possible and very, very likely that God is leading you into those dead ends, those detours and those dry places. Why? Because God is wanting to teach you something. He's wanting to show you something you otherwise would not see, know, or learn any other way. There are times where God leads us into those places that we never expected, those places that will cause us to question, is this really God? He'll take us to those places where it'll cause us to question, did I really hear God correctly? And I want to say to you, yes, it is very possible that God may be leading you through a detour to a dead end or to a dry hole to teach you a deeper life lesson, to maybe kind of take you and to develop in you some deeper spiritual discipline or to build or to refine some character issue within you. And so today I'm gonna start it. We'll finish it next week. I kind of want to talk about what may be going on. What is God doing in those detours, those dead ends, and those dry places? What is God really up to? And so the first thing I want to just talk about this morning, we'll kind of get started on this, is the discipline of detours. Some of you this morning, again, as you've been hearing God, as you've been following God, God is taking some of you on a detour this morning. It's not a mistake. It is not punishment. God is doing something with you in this detour. And one of the greatest examples of God doing this is in the book of Exodus. And it's around the story as God is kind of leading the Israelites out of Egypt. He's leading them out of slavery, and he is in the process of taking them to the promised land. And he's using his servant Moses. And again, if you want to, if you've got your Bibles, you can open up to Exodus chapter 13, beginning in verse 17. Otherwise, you can follow along with me on the screen there. And it says, when Pharaoh, again, he was the ruler of Egypt. He said, when Pharaoh finally let the people go, God did not lead them on the road that runs through the Philistine territory. Now get this, even though it was the quickest, it was the shortest way from Egypt to the promised land. Now God kind of gives us some insight into his rationale as to why he does this. And it says, God said, if the people, the Israelites, are faced with a battle, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. So God led them purposely, by design, God led them along a route through the wilderness toward the Red Sea, and the Israelites left Egypt like a marching army. Now again, I want you to notice something very, very important there. God did not take the Israelites on the shortest quickest, most direct route as they leave slavery from Egypt towards the freedom in the promised land. Instead, by design, God led them through a longer, more difficult route, and it wasn't a mistake. It wasn't punishment. It was what we would call a divine 
detour. Some of you this morning, you are on a divine detour. So why does God purposely lead this way? Why doesn't God just take the shortest, the quickest, the most convenient route? We say, hey, the shortest distance you know, between two points is a straight line. So why doesn't God just lead them on that straight line from Egypt into the promised land? Well, again, it may be the shortest, but it may also not be the safest. God had a divine purpose, and God has a divine purpose. God has a divine plan for every detour he takes you and I on in life. And verse 17 tells us why God took them on that detour. When Pharaoh finally let the people go, God did not. Again, this is by divine choice. God did not lead them on the road that runs through Philistine territory, even though that was the shortest way from Egypt to the promised land, because God said if the people, my people, the Israelites, are faced with a battle, they might change their minds and want to go back to Egypt. See, God knew something that the nation of Israel didn't. And that was is that God had taken that, the Israelites out of slavery to the promised land and used the quickest, shortest route. God knew they were going to have to travel through Philistia. And if they had gone through Philistia, they would have eventually encountered the Philistines. And at that time, the Philistines were known as some of the greatest, fiercest, most cruel warriors of that time. And God knew if these Israelites coming fresh out of slavery had gone into Philistia and encountered the Philistines, chances were very, very good. They would have been overwhelmed with fright. They would have been totally unprepared for battle. They probably would have become so fearful they would have turned around and run back to the protection of Egypt. God knew that if he was to take them through that at this point, they would become discouraged, dismayed, and defeated. And so as a result, a divine detour, God says, we're not going to go that way. I'm not going to lead you that way. And God knew they were not ready to face that situation God knew they were not ready to go through that circumstance. And had they faced that situation, that enemy, that circumstance at that time, it would have been disastrous for the nation of Israel. How many of you this morning are glad and can rejoice in the fact that God knows what you're ready for and more importantly, God knows what you're not ready for. I just want to encourage you this morning. God has a plan. He has a purpose for your life this morning. And he knows the intricate details of that plan better than you and I would ever know. And for reasons sometimes known only to God, he may have you right now on a detour. He may take you through a little bit of wandering in a wilderness. He may have you kind of wandering in circles, feeling like I'm getting nowhere fast. 
Some of you may feel like you're in a place right now and you just feel like all you're doing is just spinning your tires. And all you know to do is just to keep hitting the gas and the wheels just keep a spinning. You think you're out of the will of God. You think you're being punished. You think that God is distancing himself from you, but he's not. God may be leading you on a longer path towards your ultimate dest destination because God may not be ready or you may not be ready for that ultimate plan, that ultimate purpose, that ultimate destiny. God may be leading you through a detour because you're not quite ready for some of the things that he has in store for you. God may be leading some of you here this morning in the way that he is because he's got something he wants to teach you right now. And, and, and uh, you know, I love when Jim talked about that in prayer, just quieting our hearts. Sometimes that's what it takes. It just takes quieting our hearts, centering our spirit, just coming into the presence of God. And again, like David, recognizing, God, things aren't going the way I want them to go. I, I, I kind of feel abandoned. I, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling kind of distant. But yet, God, I know that you will never leave me. I know you'll never forsake me. Again, it's just, it, it's the reality and yet that affirmation that, God, you are good. You're doing something here, God. And I, I just want to yield. I want to surrender. I want to open my heart, my life, because there's just maybe something, God, you're trying to show me here. There may be something you're trying to teach me here, Lord. There's maybe something, God, in, in this time, this detour, that I need to learn about you, and there may be something I need to learn about me. And so sometimes that winding road that circle, that desolate road, that wilderness we sometimes find ourselves on doesn't mean that we're out of the will of God or that God has abandoned us or that God is punishing us or that God is mad at us. God led the Israelites, and this is the whole point. God deliberately, by divine plan, took them on a detour. God did not lead them on the quickest, the straightest, the most direct path. And one of the reasons God led them on that detour through the wilderness was to toughen them up. This detour was kind of God's boot camp for this newly freed nation. In verse 10, 18, it says, so God led them along a route through the wilderness toward the Red Sea. Now, what was that route through the wilderness like? Let me tell you, it was a place of hardness. It was a place of drought. There were lack of food, resources. It was a place of challenges, great challenges. It was a place of great discipline. And what was God doing there? Again, this was God's training camp. This is God's boot camp. And God was strengthening and God was getting them ready for what they would one day and you have to remember, the Israelites, they'd spent like the last three to 400 years in Egypt, and at least 100 of those years was in very, very hard slavery. So as a nation, they had to reorient themselves. They had to recondition themselves from being slaves to now being these 
free people where they were able now to worship God, to pursue God in ways they never had. And they had a lot to learn as they were making that transition from slaves of Egypt to slaves of God. And I'm sure they didn't understand all of that. They didn't know everything that was going on at that time. I'm sure they really kind of at times wondered and questioned and probably called out to God, what are you doing? Why have you forsaken us? They didn't know all that God had in store for them, but you know what? They didn't need to know. God knew. And God was in charge. God was in control. God was leading them. And sometimes, again, that just becomes our affirmation. God, I don't know what's going on here, but I know you do. And I believe you're good, and I believe you're faithful, and I believe that you will lead me and guide me, and you will not forsake me. You will not abandon me in this process. They had never seen the Philistines, much less ever heard of them. They didn't know what was lurking out there, and they had no idea the danger that was all around them, but God knew. And he had a plan to keep them from that harm, to keep them from that challenge until they were ready to not just face it, but to be able to overcome it. Maybe you've been asking God to give you a certain job and you don't have it yet. Maybe you've been praying about your finances and nothing happens. I get this all the time. People say to me, I I just pray that God will let me win the lottery. (laughs) I always tell them, you're not going to win until you're ready. And and a lot of times, the reason we don't win is because none of us are ready to handle that kind of wealth. We're not ready to handle that kind of, uh, of blessing. You know, I've, I always say, if you're dumb with, with money when you're poor, you'll be dumb with money when you're rich. If you're a bad steward of money when you have very little, you will be a bad steward of money when you have a lot. The problem is not the money. The problem is our ability to deal with it in a way that doesn't destroy us. And because God doesn't want any of you destroyed, God's keeping you from winning the lottery. For some of you, that was the price of admission right there. (laughs) Maybe you've been praying for God to sell a house, and it's just not selling right now. Maybe you have been praying and asking God for a spouse, and you're kind of still alone. Maybe you've been praying, and you're asking God for certain direction, and it feels like you're just stuck in this wilderness place. Maybe you've been asking God about going into ministry and missions, and it just kind of feels like you're going around and around in circles, getting nowhere. It may just be that you're not, ju- you're not ready. God's trying to teach you. He's trying to bring you into some things you're going to need in order to move forward. And I think somebody said it. I think Jessup prayed about the slowness of God this morning. God is not in a hurry. Remember, God called Moses. And in order for God to get Moses ready, how many years does Moses spend in the desert? Forty. Forty years it took God to prepare Moses to be able to do what Moses needed to do in leading the nation of Israel out of slavery. Do you realize Jesus spent the majority of his life, the first 30 years, they call it the silent years. We don't know what Jesus did. We don't know, uh, you know exactly everything Jesus did in those 30 years. We know that he went to the synagogue. We know that he was a carpenter. There's things that we know, but there's a lot of things we don't know. 
So he spends really the first 30 years of his life kind of in silent, remote, for three and a half years of ministry. Again, God spent those 30 years getting Jesus ready for what he was going to do those next three and a half years. Some of you may be in a place this morning where God is getting you ready. He is preparing you. He's preparing you for the next phase of your life, of your ministry, of his plan, of his purpose for your life. And you feel like maybe you're just wandering in circles. You're lost in the wilderness and you're questioning yourself and you're questioning God, thinking, God, did I miss you? Am I out of your will? And again, that may not be the case at all. The important thing here isn't that you know, like David, it's that you know that you know God, that you know he hasn't abandoned you, that you hear his voice, and that you're committed to following him. And I'm gonna close here uh, in, in just a second here. Notice verse 21. This is how God guided and led the Israelites. The Lord guided them by a pillar of cloud during the day and a pillar of fire at night. That way, they could travel, they could see God, they could know where God's presence was day or night. And the Lord did not remove the pillar of cloud or pillar of fire from their sight. It was always there. All they had to do was look. And that pillar of fire, that pillar of cloud represented the power and the presence, the promise of God the Holy Spirit, and that representation of the Holy Spirit, that manifestation of the Holy Spirit was sent to them to lead and guide them. And the same is true for us today. When God redeems us and he saves us, God sends his Holy Spirit to speak to us and to lead us. Jesus said in John 16, 13, when the spirit of truth comes, that's the Holy Spirit, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into what? All truth. And just as that pillar of fire, that pillar of cloud was Israel's guidance as they were going through that wilderness journey, the Holy Spirit is our guidance in our wildernesses, in our detours, in our dry places, in our mountaintops and in our valleys. The Holy Spirit is our counselor. He is our comforter. And the important thing is not that I can always see and understand where I'm going, what God is doing, where this is leading to, because there are just some things you're not going to understand, you're not going to know, you're not going to see until you get there. Sometimes you're not going to see it or understand it until you turn around and kind of look at where you've been and where you are, and all of a sudden you'll understand, boy, God was doing a great work here unbeknownst to me. How many of you are glad that God knows some things you don't know? Amen. That God's able to handle some things you can't handle. I'm comforted by that. I'm confused by that at times, but I'm ultimately comforted that God knows some things I don't know. God sees some weaknesses in me, and he sees some weaknesses in you that we don't see, we don't know that we're blinded to. 
But in order for us to go where God wants to take us, in order for us to be where God wants us to be, sometimes God's just got to slow us down and he's got to deal with those weaknesses. He's got to deal with those issues because unresolved, they're just going to get in the way and they're going to defeat us and they're going to drag us down. And God does not want us defeated. He does not want us drugged down. He wants us to be victorious and so he's going to bring us into that place the best equipped we can be. The most important thing, just like it was for those Israelites, is they kept their eye upon that pillar of fire, that pillar of cloud, day by day, moment by moment, step by step. You and I, we have to have our eyes, our ears attuned to that Holy Spirit. Moment by moment, day by day, step by step, we need to be walking in the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Paul says in Galatians 5.25, he says, if we are living now by the Holy Spirit, let us follow the Holy Spirit's leading in some parts, most parts, every part of our lives. Again, I love the prayer that, that Jessup gave this morning. Man, again, it's just doing that inventory. It's, it's, it's asking God, open the eyes of my heart, God. Where, where am I? Am I fully surrendered? Am I ready? So I just encourage you this morning, keep your eyes on him. And don't forget that you may be on a discipline of divine detours. And that God had the nation of Israel in the wilderness for a purpose, and it was to strengthen them. And God may have you in the wilderness this morning for a purpose to strengthen you as well, to help them grow, to toughen them up. Some of us, we need to grow. We need to be toughened up. And the way that God does that sometimes is that, that discipline of divine detours. We're going to pick it up here next week. We're going to talk about the dilemma of dead ends. If you know the story, you know that God leads them to the Red Sea purposely for a reason to teach them, to teach us something. And we're going to talk about that next week. So I just, let me just pray. Father, we again just thank you for these divine detours. And God, as we've shared here this morning, I, I just sense there may be people here that are finding themselves on a detour. God questioning, wondering, confused as to why I'm here, what's going on, what are you doing, God? And again, God, I just pray you open the eyes of our heart, God, that we'll see that, that pillar of fire, that pillar of cloud, that we'll hear, we'll see the Holy Spirit. We'll know that, God, you are behind, you are in, and you are doing all the things necessary to prepare us and to bring us to that place fully equipped, fully ready, to receive and to do all that you have for us. And so, Father, I just pray this morning, there just are people here this morning, I see your faces in my mind. And so, God, I pray for them this morning, God. They're on this divine detour. Tom, you're on a divine detour, buddy. Jason, you are on a divine detour. There's people's faces that come to me this morning that God just wants to speak and affirm over you. You haven't missed him. He's not mad at you. He's not upset with you. He's delighting in you. He's teaching you. He's taking you this way because God has something much bigger in store for you than, than you're thinking 
So, Father, we just, again, I thank you for those people this morning, God, that I, I just know you're speaking to. That God, like David, again, God, they can be realistic. That, God, this is tough. This hurts. I don't like it. But I know that you are a good God, that you're doing this for a reason. That, God, you're wanting to show them something. God, help them to see that. God, you're wanting to teach them something. God, help them. So, Father, again, we just thank you for your perfect ways. Not always understandable, but they're perfect. And we just acknowledge you. And we just ask, Father, again, that you would come and once again just rekindle in our hearts that pillar of fire, your Holy Spirit in us. God, if there's any obstacles that would keep us from hearing you, from sensing you, God, from following you, God, that again, you would just work to remove those roadblocks, those hindrances this morning, God, that we can fully hear, fully see, fully experience all that you're doing. And Father, again, we just thank you for this. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You are listening to the teaching podcast of Praise Community Church in Mason City, Iowa. For more information about our church, please visit praisecc.org.